the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. And he's here to say hello. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Lifeline for the 26th day of June. Trust you're having a great day so far. We're going to help keep you company on your uh, commute home on this Wednesday. Got a pretty jam-packed program. Uh, we'll also, of course, tonight continue our long go- or, or, or ongoing uh, Bible study series, 60 Days to Untie Those Cords That Bind with Pastor Don Scott Damon. So stay tuned for that coming up tonight in our number two. If you ever wondered Those moments when you're at the right place at the right time and grab the cell phone and capture some incredible video, and you've thought to yourself, wow, other than putting this on YouTube, shouldn't the world see this? I mean, shouldn't I get paid for this? Wouldn't the news media just love to have this? Well, the answer is yes, and coming up later on tonight, you're going to find out how you can make some pretty serious money as essentially an on-the-scene-of-the-moment videographer. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. Right now, though, let's talk a bit about what's going on in Middle East politics. Uh, most certainly, you know, we've been watching stories regarding uh, the, the attacks on the vessels there in the Straits and uh, the tension growing between the United States and Iran. But there's also some political tension taking place in Israel. Now, you may or may not paid attention to word that Israel has recently gone through an election. Um, April the 9th was a election for prime minister. And oddly enough, they might be getting ready to have yet another one as soon as the 17th, all because seemingly there was a failure to gain a sufficient coalition or majority of the Prime Minister's party, the Likud party, and as a result, things seem to be teetering. Not just that, but there's also ongoing questions concerning potential corruption charges against Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. Let's find out what's going on. Recently back from a trip to Israel is Pastor Sam Rohrer, the president of the American Pastors Network. And Pastor Sam, always an education to have you join us. You just got back from the Middle East. Give us a sense. How are the political tensions there, particularly with the potentiality of facing yet another election as soon as April? I'm sorry, as soon as September seventeenth? Well, uh, <clears throat> Craig, it's great to be with you. And uh, in reality, uh, you, you, it was not able to be seen. <clears throat> excuse me, it was not able to be seen directly. Uh, the people didn't sense it. However, <clears throat> excuse me. As we were meeting with members of the parliament uh, there, the Knesset, many of them shared privately uh, with us that this most unusual circumstance in which Israel finds itself 
the only time it has ever been in a circumstance where they've had a dissolve to Knesset, basically like sending Congress down to go after the election, and they couldn't put a speaker together and something happened and all went back home. It, th- that's where they are right now. There's no legislative body. Uh, and what was shared with us was that, in reality, it is a political crisis at this time, partially because they've never been this way before, number one. Number two, they don't know how it's going to work out. They don't know what's going to be the outcome. And then, thirdly, uh, we all know, and you mentioned it, uh, you've got Iran that's breathing down the neck, that tension between Iran and the United States, Hezbollah, which is a proxy of, uh, of, of Iran, which is right up to the north of Israel in southern Lebanon. They're there. You've got Hamas over on the uh, Gaza. You, uh, you have all of these around, and any of them could start a problem with Israel. If something happens with Iran in the United States, Israel will be involved in it. So all of that, when you do not have a body that is sitting, uh, you only have a caretaker right now. Basically, Benjamin Netanyahu, argue, is a caretaker, prime minister. He has his cabinet, but he's not really <clears throat> he's not really vested with power. So that's why they say it's a political crisis. It's a, it's a, it's a little bit of an unknown, and they sense it. And obviously, not today in the news. Um, uh, um, the um, the former prime minister Ehud Barak has announced the formation of a new party. He's challenging Prime Minister Netanyahu. All of that places a lot of things into question. The relationship with the United States is somewhat questionable. Benjamin Netanyahu has been a good friend of President Obama, I mean, of President Trump, and as an example. And all of that relationship, the potential peace treaty that Jared Kushner and the president are talking about, all of those things are now up in the air. Now, one final statement. I was, they were, we were told by some of the members of Parliament that had this unusual circumstance happened 10 years ago, certainly 20, 25 years ago, when, young, when uh, Israel was younger, it may, in fact, have been fatal to the state of Israel. Now, they don't think, and there's nobody who's sensing that this is going to be fatal to Israel now. But God is in this. It is very strongly sensed that this, is, this, this has been allowed of God, there are a lot of people praying that out of this comes some very unusual things. God-fearing members of Parliament are raised up. There's a lot of things happening right now, and it's being viewed that way as an as a unusual circumstance of which we're going to see what God is going to do here in the months ahead. Certainly the timing of this is disquieting, as you point out. There's, there's a tension in the Middle East. Now, that's certainly not new news by any means, but it has escalated because of the current battle of what appears to be rhetoric at this point between the United States and Iran. We know at any moment Iran could turn and become more directly involved from a military standpoint. And I think you're very accurate in pointing out that even if the United States had, on the cusp of just a couple of days ago, um, responded to the attacks on American interests there, and most specifically shooting down of the drone, almost would have guaranteed that the tit-for-tat would have been not 
Iran responding by going after direct American interests, but rather going after direct American allies, meaning Israel. So it's it's a very tenuous situation. And I have to wonder, at, at this point, from your perspective, Pastor Rohr, how much of this is more directly related to uh, the, the, the lack of confidence, essentially, in Benjamin Netanyahu as he has had this cloud of corruption charges for fraud and bribery and breach of trust sort of hanging over him uh, for, for quite some time now? Is, is the inability to be able to gain a majority control and get a coalition government pulled together part and parcel to the accusations of these corruptions uh, accusations well actually it appears not it was the result of one individual um, who led a group a coalition of five people ultra orthodox and uh, and and the way it is, the ultra orthodox right now in Israel do not have to serve in the military. All young people in Israel, except the ultra orthodox, have mandatory service in the military. They have gotten an exemption so that they can pray and they can study and and that kind of thing. But the broad numbers of the Knesset and the Jewish people said, no, 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 that's not right. If you're going to be here. You've got to serve along with everyone else. That individual who controlled five of those votes, who is conservative, who was expected to join with Benjamin Netanyahu, giving him a coalition of 65, he needed a majority of 61, withheld his vote on this issue. Also, he wanted to challenge uh, Benjamin Netanyahu personally. That's what drove it to an inability to form a coalition. He was only short by one vote, and it was this one individual who basically had said, I'll be with you, and then withheld it strategically, forcing Israel into the circumstance they now find themselves. So it's a, it's a, political, it's a political, ga- political gamesmanship, not unlike a lot of what we see happening in Washington, frankly. And with this potentiality of a, yet another election as early as September the 17th, so what is your sense in sort of reading the tea leaves insofar as the ability of former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak to pull together enough support to be able to essentially come in and, and overtake and, and win control back of the Israeli uh, parliament vis-a-vis becoming prime minister? I don't know if my, I don't know if there's any really good estimates. Uh, historically, Benjamin Netanyahu is a consummate politician. He has come from the brink on multiple occasions in the past. Uh, most would say he probably will again. But the moves of the day of today, with Ehud Barak coming forth, announcing a coalition and not announcing a new con- um, majority, uh, more or less, this is uh, not expected. But I think it underscores the fact that uh, as we left the, the Jerusalem prayer practice, which is what I was there for, we left saying that Jerusalem and Israel is in the center of the world's attention. What is happening is allowed of God. Increasingly, the world is coming to the, to the Middle East. The world is watching Israel. God is working out his hand, his, uh, his plan, his, the prophetical plan is being worked out. We believe that that election, uh, this coalition, unable to be formed, is not an accident. And the prayer request firmly by those a part of the breakfast, Orthodox and Christians alike, when we were there, was that God, in this process through the summer, would raise up God-fearing, a majority of God-fearing members of the Knesset, for the very real sense that we're going to be seeing some significant things unfold with Israel, with Jerusalem, 
in the Middle East, and God is working his plan out. That is the prayer of those who understand the miracle that we now call Israel. And certainly a lot at stake at this juncture in history with what we're seeing unfolding again in Iran and the continued concerns over uh, further destabilization of an area that's already a powder keg, to be sure. <laughs> Pardon me. Pastor Sam Rohrer, president of the American Pastor Network. We appreciate that update just newly back from Israel. All right, 16 minutes after the hour, when we come back, how you can make some money with those incredible shots you grabbed at that right place at the right time. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. Right now, though, let's tell you more about traffic from the KFAX Traffic Center. Here's the latest. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right. Welcome back to the conversation. A little bit of a history lesson, if I might. You know, back in the old days, and it wasn't that long ago, when news happened, well, somebody had to see it, get out a tip. When the tip made its way to the newsroom, well, then you had to dispatch a professional crew. Uh, You had to bring in maybe a reporter, a sound man, a cameraman. They grabbed the film on the heels of the film that they grabbed that had to go back and be developed. And then once it was developed, and this is all prior to networks and satellites, well, then maybe you saw it sometimes up to a week later. Boy, have times changed. Today, coverage of breaking news is as instantaneous as the news itself. In fact, anyone, yourself included, with nothing more than a cell phone can become an instant paid videographer. Wonder where they get those pictures sometimes. You're watching the evening news or checking out news online and think, how do they manage to get somebody there so quickly? Well, you're going to find out next. We're visiting with the general manager of a new organization called Newsflare that for several years now has been working with folks globally and here in the United States to help take your moment of capturing that aha experience and make it available to news media and video sources globally. Priya Nail joins us now. And Priya, thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Uh, you, of course, are the general manager of the U.S. branch of Newsflare, but I understand that they, they literally have a presence around the globe, uh, headquartered in London. And it is amazing to see the way the Internet and technology and cell phones has advanced the ability to make anybody out there with a simple cell phone become an instant journalist absolutely craig thanks so much for having me on and and yes you know i'm i'm based over here in the u.s but we are what you could call a a global company um you know what we're really here and here to do is to actually provide everyday people who as you say uh, you know we're we're capturing video on our smartphones we're we're here to provide people with the opportunity to actually make money uh, from the videos that they shoot Um, and that is solely sort of what we do and it's our function we act as a if you like a marketplace um for, for video you know that are that's being shot at home uh, in the house it's, it could be to do with you know your animals or your uh, family pets it could be to do with uh, your toddlers or kids and it can definitely be around breaking news events and weather events too and I think now um, people are getting to events and things are happening so quickly that by a simple click of a phone uh, you're very quickly shooting a video you're very quickly able to upload it um, to, to Newsflare 
through a few very quick, simple steps, and, and uh, it's available to, to news media across the globe. And of course, what's amazing about this is every really everybody really benefits from this because it makes anybody, as I say, that's out there just casually uh, with their cell phone going about their business an instant videographer as they capture that moment. There's the explosion, the train crash, the whatever it might be, up to and including amazing things. And, you know, we've all watched things on YouTube or uh, online and said, wow, who thought to capture that? And I would suspect that uh, there's a good percentage of us out there watching those videos that were actually provided through Newsflare by people that we described who just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Absolutely. And I think it certainly is that. I think, you know, people are there capturing so much video and we work with a lot of video. You know, we have a lot of video coming into us. But we also, the thing that really makes this uh, this work is that we work with a network of, you know, thousands of, of media companies who are plugged into us, who are looking for, you know, reliable and trusted video that is shot by regular people. Um, and so while it's breaking news, it can also certainly be softer subjects that quite often news segments want to have or uh, social viral pages on, on social media, um, you know, online websites. Uh, TV shows as well, you know, we work with the likes of The Ellen Show or MTV's Ridiculousness, and they want segments in there that are, that are you know, viral, light entertainment, um, whereas the big news organizations and networks like NBC or ABC, uh, CBS, you know, Fox, they're, they're after some of that breaking news, the big stories, uh, the national global stories, and, and we supply those, those two. So it really runs the gambit then, as you're suggesting, uh, Priya, because it can be from the person on scene, right place, right time, that captures, you know, the, the tragic moment, whatever it might be, the explosion, the train crash, the airplane, whatever, up to and including somebody who maybe is, uh, I don't know, casually at the park and uh, sees some kid that really has some fancy moves as a skateboarder and says, you know what, I'm going to capture this video and captures that moment of somebody doing some amazing things on a skateboard. Boom, all of a sudden now, that's the kind of footage that Newsflare might be interested in because you never know who out there is going to say that kind of video will be perfect inside of our film, our documentary, or just a lifestyle piece. It's exactly that. And, you know, we work with a lot of documentaries. We work with a lot of TV production companies who are looking to produce, I don't know, an eight-part series on wild animals or on, you know, these car crashes so people have dash cam videos. Um, but it really does vary in terms of the breadth of video. And when we talk about, you know, the type of person that can upload, it really is everybody. Um, and we sort of talk about, you know, we have uh, what we call a chancer. That's the right place, right time. You're there, you're at the scene, you're capturing the video. And then we have chasers. You know, you, there's a particular niche. You you go after, I don't know, storms, you have a, a passion. Um, and then there are creators that really know how to go out there and film across a number of different verticals and, uh, and send that content in. And so it really applies to everybody. As I said, it could be in the home. It could be that you're in the right place at the right time. But I think all of that content has a home somewhere in today's media. And I think what's exciting about this, as you suggest, is it's not then just capturing that footage in the moment, but I would imagine there should be a, a, a good number of people, particularly with the advancement of technology today, uh, the, the cameras are getting lighter, higher levels of definition, they're getting cheaper and more affordable, that accessibility to what is essentially pro-grade film today is really at the fingertips of everybody. So somebody could almost even look at this as a, a part-time hobby who says, 
says, you know, I love to capture pictures of nature and and, uh, birds in flight and things of this sort or trains in motion. And they could almost see this as a bit of a a, a hobby that could almost be a part-time job as, and we've not mentioned this, people upload the content through a special app to Newsflare, and then Newsflare through tentacles that reach throughout, as we say, everything from from traditional big news media that we're all familiar with to videographers that are doing documentaries and and things of this sort. Uh, and and suddenly now, what you've captured and uploaded could potentially uh, you could potentially get compensated for that. It's exactly that, and and you know the, the process is really very simple. It is you shoot the video on your phone. Um, and on your phone, you can go to the Newsflare, you know, website, which is just newsflare.com or uh, via our app. Um, but actually, when you upload the video, it takes less than two minutes. We've made it very quick, very easy with a few steps. Um, and then it sort of goes live in our platform. And, and all you really have to do is, is wait uh, for when your video sells. And when it does, you'll get a notification by email. Um, and it will say your video is sold. You know, this is how much it's sold to. And this is who, who purchased the video. Um, and at that point, you know, we, we make a, a concerted effort to, to, you know, make sure you get paid as soon as we do. So, so as soon as we get paid, and in 90% of cases, we, we get paid by those buyers um, uh, sort of in, in the Im- immediately. So it's an immediate transaction. And, and there's um, something about this you've got to clear up for me, because when you hear of something like this, some people listening think, yeah, I know how this works. So I go out and I shoot this amazing video. I capture this incredible moment. I make it available to News Flare. Once you have it, you sell it, and I get 5% of what you make. Yeah, and it's and it's not that at all actually. And you know, the the nice thing is is that it takes nothing to upload it. We don't ask you for for anything to pay. You just put it into the platform. You're still the rights owner of the video. We're not taking it away from you. And what we're saying is, every time we sell it, and we aim to always sell it multiples of times, but for every sale that we make, um, we'll give you fifty percent. Wow. So. We make sure that we, you know, really give some value back into the hands of the filmer. I think too often we see, um, you know, on social media, you can often find uh, news agencies and people reaching out for video um, and saying, oh, well, you know what, you shot that and what I'll do on my page is I'll, I'll give you a credit. I'll mention your name so that people know it's come from you. And actually, I think there's, there's much more value in people doing this, as you say, as a part-time, you know, it could be a hobby that turns into a part-time job. It, it's an it's a income, you know, for, for some people. And I think it's a great motivator, too, because there are so many talented people out there that that would love to be able to put those skills and abilities to work, whether, again, they just happen to be right place at right time or they've got, you know, a, a real genuine capacity to capture some amazing footage. Why not share that with the world and in the process get paid for it? I mean, this becomes like a repository of, of so much wonderful footage that essentially then becomes sort of the timestamp, the imprint of what's going on in our times. The amazing thing from my perspective, Prina, is that where 50, 100 years ago, so much has been lost forever in time because the capacity of capturing those moments, freeze-framing them, so to speak, for all time and memoriam just didn't exist. We live in amazing times. Yes, 100%. I absolutely agree. It's just the ease is really there. I think, and you know, the thing that's also driving it, and you talked a little bit about, you know, technology, I think that that's definitely true. I think as, you know, um, a population, we are just all consuming more and more of this type of video, this sort of snackable, short form video, whether it's for news purposes, or if, you know, it's an entertainment purposes, um, but even for educational purposes, like how to's, you know, videos that are to do with science or art. So as we're seeing that sort of 
you know, demand for people wanting to watch it, I think we're seeing, you know, the ability for people to, to shoot more and more of it. That's certainly coming to light. And then the ease of technology is really helping that flow. Um, so I think there's definitely money to be made. I think, um, you know, everybody, if they looked at their phones right now, I'm sure you can go back in your camera roll and we've all got lots and lots of video of holidays, of things um, that are potentially very interesting to a lot of buyers. Absolutely. And of course, what's beautiful about this is it's not involved. It's not complicated. You don't need an agent. All you need to do is download the app on your cell phone or certainly go to the Newsflare website at newsflare.com, upload the video, give a little bit of a detail to it in terms of what it's about and so forth. And, and, and once you're kind of in the system, then uh, Newsflare handles the rest, doesn't it, in terms of making it available, uh, letting those that are interested in shopping the market, looking for certain types of video, be it newsworthy or otherwise that your content is out there and then once somebody shows interest you guys handle all the paperwork so to speak and when when the deal is consummated 50 percent of that fee gets returned back to the source videographer exactly it's exactly that and it's that simple and it's that quick uh, and it's very transparent so you see who you see how much um, and it's all very you know quick you'll, you'll get that notification and in, in most cases get paid within 24 hours um, of that sale so many moments have been lost to time because we did not have this capacity, and uh, what a tremendous blessing to have it now. And so as you think about your interest in capturing the moment, maybe you were right place, right time, and it's on your phone at this moment, and you've shared it with friends, but it's not gone no further, and maybe you have someone who says, gee, I wish I could get paid for doing this. I really enjoy this, capturing moments and scenes and nature and events and places and people. Now you have an opportunity to get paid for that. More information, check out newsflare.com. That's newsflare.com. There's also a downloadable app that you can install on your telephone, makes it even handier. Or again, capture that moment and then upload it to newsflare.com. There are more than 60,000 amateurs and professionals that have uploaded data that's accessed by, again, filmmakers and uh, documentarians and videographers and news organizations across the globe. So they're looking for the material. Can you provide some? Check it out. Details on the web at newsflare.com. That's newsflare.com. Prina Nall, thank you so much for being with us. It's an amazing platform. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Craig. Check it out. You know, I'm like, I just bought that brand new camera. <laughs> I got to go out and take some good pictures. Got a place to share them now. Newsflare.com. 533. Let's get caught up on traffic right now for you from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Certainly an important moment of a sense of great pride by many parents to see their child walk across the stage in the cap and gown, diploma in hand, having accomplished a solid 12-year career in high school. This means a lot of things. Not only a sense of um, accomplishment, but then, too, it raises questions about what's next. For many students, that means continuance of their scholastic career by moving into college and university. Students may, in many cases, stay close to home, in fact, live at home and maybe attend a couple-of-year junior college. Others might be making plans to head off somewhere else to college. Well, whatever the plans might be, at the end of the day, we have to admit, this moment in time for students who have graduated from high school and are now beginning their 
scholastic career at college or university are no longer children, but they're also not quite yet adults. That raises a lot of questions and concerns for parents who understand that there's going to be a loss of control at a lot of levels. And one of the biggest arenas where we seem as parents to worry the most is, did we do the right job to train up our child in the fear and respect and ammunition of the Lord so that they will be able to live out their own faith? Essentially, are they ready for the life that will meet them ahead? And how do we know? We'll answer some of those questions as Neilan Brown joins us. He, by the way, Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute at Focus on the Family. And Neilan, great to have you on the program. Thank you so very much. Wonderful to be with you today. Boy, this is a, this is a question that a lot of adults struggle with about their uh, children graduating from high school as much even the students themselves are wondering, gee, yeah. am I ready? What's going to be facing me out there in the big wide world ahead? That's it. Yes, indeed. It's, it's a big question, and I think for a lot of parents, it's a looming question, you know, <laughs> that, that they're looking at for some time as they're, you know, watching the years go by, blowing out the birthday candles and all that good stuff. But I think for a lot of students, sometimes for them it comes as a bit of a shock, you know, that, that it's that first night that you're in the dorm by yourself. No one's forcing you to go to class. Uh, so, but I know certainly for parents it is a big concern for sometimes sending them off um, into continuing education away from home. You know, we see this as sending our children off to get the answer the answers that they're going to need about life and who they are as a person and preparing them for uh, either marriage and or a career, maybe both. Uh, But oftentimes we find that many of these students now free from the day-to-day routine that happened under mom and dad's roof, yeah, they go to school to get the answers, but they tend to oftentimes come back with an awful lot of questions about their faith. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we, we find that with many of the students that we serve here at the Focus Leadership Institute, they are wrestling with very big questions. And I do, I do think we, we send our students off to college campuses to get the answers, but on a lot of campuses throughout the U.S., God is no longer a part of that answer and or that equation. So students do find themselves sitting in classrooms and, you know, and kind of circulating amongst populations much broader and much different um, than what they knew at home. And when you're in those classrooms, it does raise some pretty big questions. It certainly can. For parents, I guess the big concern is that it seems to be a time when many of the familiar safety mets are missing, meaning, uh, Neilan, the child is perhaps in a different part of the state or in another state altogether, so they have different set of friends, they're not attending the same church anymore, sure. much of the usual network that we just sort of rely upon to be there for our kids. All of that has changed dramatically, and now all of a sudden they're, they're in this place where we know that there are competing worldviews at a lot of levels, and, and I guess therein lies the big concern for many parents. Will my son or daughter be able to survive absent the safety net that's been there for the first 18 years of their life? Indeed, indeed. That, that's, that is the big question. And one of the things that we find, I've spent a lot of time around college students, and I've seen those who continue to be committed to their faith, as well as those who slip away. We can provide those safety nets while we're within the home. However, a relationship with Jesus Christ is quite personal. I think one of the mistakes that can be made is to expect the safety net to get, to get the individual child into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard one brother of mine uh, put it well who works with a ministry called Access that works with high schoolers. And one of the things he says is, I had to move from renting my parents' faith in Christ to owning my, my own faith in Christ. 
And I think a lot of times we put so much trust into the safety nets that we neglect to prepare our students for ownership. D- d- does that kind of make sense? It does, and, and I think it leads to the old adage that um, God has no stepsons or stepdaughters. We there are all is. immediate direct heirs, <laughs> and so the relationship needs to be fostered as such that it is a personal, intimate, direct relationship and not one that's lived out vicariously through mom and dad. There, there you have it. That's exactly the point. And here's the good news. For parents who may hear this and think, boy, I don't know if I did the best job helping my students to own their faith. I know I sent them to church a lot. I, I know I had them in this group and in that group, but I really didn't spend a lot of time talking about these things. The good news is it's never too late. Statistics still bear out that even in the midst of students leaving home, um, having all of these various professors and hearing these worldviews, and in addition to technology, which is bombarding our students with ideas and worldviews before they even leave home, and I think at this juncture, one of the fallacies we live amongst is our students aren't hearing other voices while they're at home. They're hearing those voices by elementary and middle school with these iPhones and iPads and, you know, all these smartphones and things. But research still bears out parents have strong influence, even during the college years. So if you haven't been having that renting or leasing conversation, they're graduating now, it's not too late to start. You're still mom. You're still dad. Your voice carries a lot of weight. What about the concern, and I think it's a little legitimate one, many parents would like to think that as they send their children off to uh, college that maybe the son or daughter is going to be uh, there on college campus um, expressing a vibrant faith and sharing with others around them, acknowledging the fact that uh, unless they're fortunate enough to attend a a Christian-based college or university, that they're probably going to have plenty of witnessing opportunities. So there's one part of the equation. Then that kind of runs from being concerned about them having the ability to properly express their faith to what it's going to be like when they have to come in and defend their faith when challenged by other worldviews and differing religion views, and then, let alone that, even the ability of a child simply maintaining their own faith. Indeed, indeed. Well, Paul the Apostle writes a couple of letters to a very young pastor named Timothy. And in his second letter to him, you have Paul, who's later in ministry, Timothy, who's much younger in the faith. He knows that Timothy's going to be contending with a lot of pluralistic worldviews and all these various gods and all these things. And Paul's advising him. One of my favorite verses is Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, when he tells him, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed and rightly handles the word of truth. The, the preparation to defend, one, to defend one's faith is directly linked to one's understanding of their faith. I think a lot of students get concerned or scared to even speak about Christ because, to be honest, they're not, they're not totally sure what they believe about Christ. And Paul basically tells Timothy, hey, have a zeal for Scripture. Have a zeal for learning about God. I think we, we push our students towards learning in a lot of areas, but a lot of the questions I have is, are we really putting resources? I mean, I mean good resources like a True You, which was done by Focus on the Family and actually filmed here in the Focus Leadership Institute, or the Truth Project, or even looking at international ministries like uh, Robbie Zacharias International Ministries, that, that wonderful apostle. Ravi Zacharias, who wrote a great book that I think every college student should read <laughs> called Jesus Amongst Other Gods, because many of our students who've grown up in a Christian home have never spent exhaustive time around um, Hinduism or Buddhism, you know, or Mormonism or any of these other um, uh, paths of faith as they're expressed in the college community, or even books that are more popular, like Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for Creation. I think one of the things 
that we may, one of the ways we can help our students be more comfortable with defending their faith and expressing their faith is when we give them resources and don't just have them memorize scriptures blindly. <laughs> but we actually, not only do we give them resources, but we read the same resources and we have discussions about the evidence of the resurrection, the truth claims of Jesus Christ, and the legitimacy of the biblical canon. It's, it, it's simple to answer questions once you have them, and I've seen students who can strongly defend their faith position in a loving manner through grace and truth, as Christ uh, gave us as an example. But I think we really have to go deep in helping our students understand it's important to study and know your faith. Absolutely. And then the other thing, too, is the balancing the time. And I want to talk about that when we come back after a brief time out. If you've just joined us, Neilan Brown is with us, Executive Director of the Focus Leadership Institute, located at Focus on the Family. We're talking about the challenges, the worries and concerns that you as a parent have as your son or daughter heads off to uh, high school, or pardon me, as your son or daughter heads off to college or university, having completed their studies at the high school level this May or June, and, and what are the concerns and what are the important points that we need to keep mindful of as parents and remind our children of? We'll talk about that next as our conversation continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to Lifeline. We're visiting today with Neilan Brown, Executive Director of Focus on the Family's Focus Leadership Institute. We're talking about uh, that exciting time in your son or daughter's life when they graduate from high school, but then that very fearful time when, in many cases, they're stepping out into the world without the safety nets for the very first time as they head off to college or university. And what does it mean for them to be able to express, defend, and maintain their faith. And, you know, Leland, I'm reminded you mentioned just before the break about the importance to continue to speak truth and, and continue to recognize the influence that parents have on their children's lives. You know, we, we start out with the speech that we give our son or daughter when they attend their first day at school or when they go off on their first date or when they attend their prom. I guess there's another important speech that needs to be given as they head off to um, college or university. And I guess part of it comes down to reminding them about a balance in life, because let's face it, they're going to be in a new environment where they've got newfound freedoms, new responsibilities, new friends, and I guess they have to be reminded to make sure that amongst all the things that are so new, to make sure that they carve out time for their old, quote-unquote, faith. Indeed, indeed. God repeatedly calls us to be good stewards throughout Scripture. I think one, one of the issues that many students run into in the college environment is, as we look at education today as a nation, we see it simply as preparing individuals to fit somehow into the economic system. And therefore, we lose the grander narrative of us being good stewards of the talents and gifts God has given us, developing those in college, and then having an impact. So I think it's so important not simply to make state, stu statements excuse me, to students like, make sure you're in class go to the library, you know, <laughs> you better be writing those papers. But rather, we want to give them, what's the reason you want to go to class? You want to stop by the library, you want to write those papers. It's because God is weaving a grand tapestry in the world. And the purpose of you having time to go and study within the university or the college setting is so that you're prepared to be a part of that grand tapestry. I think it's so important that parents repeat those things. I was a first-generation college student, and I'll tell you this much, my parents did a wonderful job, even when I 
felt like I didn't fit in the college campus because I didn't know many who had been through a four-year institution close to my family. Um, my parents constantly, and members of my church community, constantly reminded me, God's going to use you for something great. Make, sure, make good use of that time there. And I think I felt less like I was being beat over the head and more like I was being encouraged along in the race. Makes perfect sense. And, you know, helping them understand in that encouragement that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to hear this word freedom a lot, but the other word that needs to be tied into it is responsibility. There you have it. And to understand that uh, they, they need to maintain a level now of, of personal responsibility for themselves. You know, there, there's not going to be anybody there to say, time to get up and go to school, uh, time to go and do your laundry, time to go and eat, time to go to church, time to read, time to, uh, uh, you know, spend some study time alone in meditation with the Lord. And so yeah. it's going to be important that they, that they set and establish, uh, I guess, a sense of, of spiritual discipline, too, then, wouldn't it? A, a, a very strong habit of spiritual discipline, which leads to a strong habit of educational discipline. But I think this is what's so important about spiritual discipline. Your children have to see you doing it before they can value it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't ever see you pray, they don't ever see us reading Scripture, and I have three children of my own, if Daddy never prays at the table, reads Scripture, we have discussions, that I cannot expect them to go out <laughs> and carry that with them. Because we, we do, again, learn a lot from our parents' example. And I believe part of the reason why God calls children to honor their father and mother is not because, it's not only because he's holding the child accountable to honor them, but that also puts accountability on the parents for you to be something that's worth honoring, <laughs> for you to demonstrate a relationship with God, so the child is to look up to you and follow your example. So I think it's so important that they have that structure. And let me say this, let me, let me make this last point. It's so important that we not be helicopter parents when they get into college. Responsibility matters. I agree with you 110%. I have experienced so many parents in my teaching career as a university faculty member who want to come and clean up all the mistakes of their children in class. And that does nothing but lead to a child who takes even less responsibility because mom and dad are eventually going to show up and save me from what I've done. So as we encourage them on in God's great plan, be spiritually disciplined, spend time in, in Scripture, spend time in prayer, make sure you're attending classes and you're, and you're planning things out. and You can have some fun, but you're also being responsible. I think it's also important as well to let students scrape their knee when they scrape their knee and not always run up behind them and attempt to fix the situation by chasing down their faculty member and telling them why even though my son didn't turn in the last three papers, they're just a really good kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there is an inclination by parents to want to be overprotective, and given you know their understanding and experience with the world, uh, I think that's a reasonable expectation, but it's not realistic when it comes to the relationship with the kid. But, you know, it, it, that raises an important point. As children are going out, and everything is about new discovery. They're discovering themselves. They're discovering newfound freedoms, responsibilities, yeah. newfound friends. Is it important, at the very least, as we encourage our child, since they will cross paths, with a whole variety of people, some of whom they will share the same worldview and values with, and many of whom they will not, to maybe find themselves in a position where they can come under, if not, again, the the, the hover parents, you know, at least have some access or exposure to someone 
who can provide kind of in that mentoring relationship the kind of guidance that they really need. Now, this maybe could be a teacher on campus, maybe a graduate student or somebody else, somebody that's not mom and dad, and yet is somebody that they can look up to that can, get, that can speak some truth into their life. That is so very important. And one of the, I think, before students go on the college campus, one of the things parents should encourage them to do is, number one, as, as you stated, sometimes they're going across the country or across the state, uh, number one, find a local church fellowship. Many of the successful students I've seen who are really growing spiritually strong during their college years have a local fellowship, a church fellowship outside of their college community. And oftentimes that's where they will find mentors. But there are also faculty members on campus who can pour into their lives. And I think this is when it's so important that parents share their stories of those who have helped them in their walk with Christ and encourage their child. You find those people too. God has those folks out there for you. You do not have to do this alone. On every college campus, I would venture to say, or within the local community or the local church, a child, a young person can find a mentor who can pour into them spiritually and also help them through the process of grappling with big questions. I had a couple of faculty members who really made the difference during my undergraduate career, as well as a pastor and his wife who actually came and visited uh, me and my family this past weekend from the local church I attended during my undergraduate career. And they made an indelible imprint on me as a young man in my view of family, in my view of truth, in my view of Christ, and all of that took place while I was pretty far away from home and mom and dad weren't there. And actually, oftentimes, you know, uh, what will, uh, put it this way, when I was a kid, Neeland, um, my father was pretty stupid. And it's amazing, the older I got, the smarter my father got. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, when when I say that in front of him, he doesn't quite agree with it that way. But certainly from the child's perspective, you know, when we're young, we think we know everything and our parents know nothing. Then we get into our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and some of us even beyond that. I I don't know that directly, but I read about it. Uh, You you learn that, you know what, mom and dad weren't so dumb. And so sometimes these mentors, as you point out, have an opportunity to speak truth into the life of our child and an age when they might not receive that truth from mom or dad, but would openly embrace that truth coming from an independent third party whose opinion they respect and they believe, well, it must be true because this person doesn't have an agenda at foot here. There you have it. And, And let me make sure I say this. Every parent who is sending a child away from home to college should be praying this prayer. Lord, send someone to disciple my son or daughter. Send a good, I think sometimes we, we just want to be the people to do it for our own children, you know? <laughs> so, so we say, Lord, send them to me. But I, I always recommend praying, Lord, send them someone who can touch their life and they'll listen to them. You know, someone who's rooted in the gospel, stands firm on biblical truth, and my child will hear them. Because you are exactly right. I remember when I got ready to marry my wife, suddenly my father knew all kinds of stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, wow, this guy has good things to say. And I wondered what happened during that period from me being 13 to 17 when he knew absolutely nothing. He, he, he must have been studying privately, quietly at night, you yes, know? I suppose, I suppose yeah. so. But suddenly, and I, I think, and that's one of the things parents have to understand. Young people go through phases. There is a questioning phase while they're in college, and they don't only question their faith. 
they question everything. <laughs> Their place in the world, what they eat, what they drink. It's the reason that we have all of these causes that break out. I mean, college students, will they will protest any given cause because they're at a point in their life where they're sorting out society, sorting out what they believe, so on and so forth. So if you feel a little distance from your child, keep reaching out to them, keep loving them, because soon enough, life happens <laughs> and you start coming back around. That's exactly right. Well, some good, solid advice for parents to provide to their children and take for themselves as your son or daughter heads off to college or university. I'd like to thank Neilan Brown for being with us, Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute, located at Focus on the Family. Leland, lots of resources available, too, through the website, focusleadership.org. Lots of, lots of uh, resources available there, and we would love for any parents to reach out and contact us. Uh, you could even shoot me an email. My email is on there, so contact me if you have any questions or, or thoughts, if there's any way we can assist with recommending a resource for your college student. Excellent. Again, on the web at focusleadership.org. That's focusleadership.org. And our thanks to Neilan Brown, the Executive Director of Focus Leadership Institute, for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.